Welcome to Style with Substance, a podcast by The Vendeur. I'm your host, Lucy Kebble. plus a few bonus episodes, we'll be talking about the myths and greenwashing that surround sustainable fashion. Join us for discussion with industry insiders, tips and generally geeking out on the glory that is ethical fashion. Welcome back. This is the last episode of series two as we conveniently stare down the end of 2020 and this episode is a bit different. At The Vendeur we work with a lot of small sustainable brands and we truly believe they are the future for a more sustainable world. However, it's not easy owning a brand, and this year a pandemic and a worldwide lockdown made it even harder. So I thought it was appropriate to speak to someone who knows about building and sustaining brands. She's done it herself, and now she helps other people to realise their dreams. Shannon Law is the founder of Revolution Apparel, and her experience inspired her to go on to start Factory 45, an online accelerator programme for sustainable and ethical brands. We talk about success stories like Capsule Brand Feta and size-inclusive label Poppy Row. We also discuss how sustainable brands can be agile at this time. This episode isn't just for brands or aspiring entrepreneurs. It's also a handy inside look for consumers as to what a sustainable brand goes through to bring you a product and why they make the decisions they do. Shannon believes that there is no such thing as perfectly sustainable. She's a big fan of progress over perfection and agrees with me that there is a huge importance in honest and open communication when marketing your brand. Full disclosure, H&M get brought up as a case study again, as you can probably tell by now, while I am a fan of their steps towards conscious fashion, they have a lot of holes to plug in their business before I can fully get on board. I'll end with a quick correction. In the recording, I thought that in 2020, H&M were ranked as the most transparent brand in the world. However, they were actually ranked as the most transparent of 250 fashion brands within Fashion Revolution's Transparency Index. I've added a link to the full report in the show notes so you can read for yourself. Um, While I have Shannon, I ask her the ugly question, why are you helping brands create more stuff? And so far, she's the first person to give me a credible answer. But enough from me, let's get to my chat with Shannon. Hi Shannon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. So can you just take us quickly through who you are and why you're speaking to us today? Yes. So my name is Shannon Lohr. I am the founder of Factory 45. Um, I run a six-month online accelerator program that helps sustainable fashion brands go from idea stage to launch stage. Amazing. And we were saying just now that this is quite a different episode for me. So I have a lot of questions to ask you because I think what you're doing is really interesting. So, I mean, let's just dive right in. What is your what is your background and what has led you to start Factory 45? Yeah, so I got into the sustainable fashion industry back in 2010 and it was kind of very haphazard. I was 
traveling around the world after university and didn't want to get a quote unquote real job. And so I decided I was going to just start a business. And long story short, that business ended up being a fashion brand. But in that time, I didn't know anything about the fashion industry. I was a journalism major um, and I just started looking into the manufacturing world and then how clothing is made. And I realized like, wow, this is a pretty complicated and, you know, environmentally taxing and some there are some human rights issues uh, with the fashion industry. And so I realized, you know, if I was going to take this time to start a business, I wanted to do it the right way. I wanted to do it in a way that helped people and plan it. And through that, I started researching sustainable fashion and ended up launching a sustainable fashion brand in tw- at the end of 2011. Um, and in that year, like that year plus that it took me and my then co-founder to launch our brand, I realized how hard it was for beginners, newbies, people outside of the fashion industry to launch a brand in a way that is sustainably made and domestically or ethically made in the U.S., and so fast forward, we quadruple our first production run. We do a Kickstarter campaign that's the highest funded fashion project in Kickstarter history at the time. We're featured in the oh. New York Times, Wall Street Dur- Journal. It was like this amazing, amazing first experience in entrepreneurship. But I realized, you know, it should be easier for people to do this. And so I ended up launching what is now um, the company I run, Factory 45. And like I said, it's a program that takes entrepreneurs through idea stage to uh, fundraising to launching their sustainable fashion brands. Amazing. So yeah, let's let's talk a bit more about that. Um, what can you what can you tell us about what you guys do for prospective founders and startups in the space? Yeah, so it's really for people who were like me back in 2010, 2011, who, again, were not really familiar with the industry. I mean, I do work with some um, people who are who went to fashion school. But the thing about fashion school is that for the most part, they don't teach the business side, the marketing side, the selling side, which is just so, so important, just as important as it is to know how to draft a pattern or, you know, Uh, So, so that's what we do is we take, it's really a business accelerator for sustainable fashion brands. And we start the first module is sourcing. Then we go into branding and building an audience. Module three is all about manufacturing, product development. Module four is e-commerce and marketing and selling direct to consumer and wholesale. And then module five is about pre-selling and raising money for your first production run. And so it's a six-month program. Um, I work directly with the entrepreneurs through the online program component, but then also I have office hours every day. And then for the first time this year, I brought in nine alumni mentors. So people who have launched their brands through the program over the past six years, they came in and worked with small groups. So we had those nine alumni mentors to support everyone as well, which was just such an amazing added bonus to the whole program. Well, it sounds really comprehensive like you cover a lot because you're right I think it can be very daunting for anyone looking to take a really great idea 
and to follow through as, as a sustainable and ethical company. And there are just so many things to think about that, it, you know, the information isn't readily available on the internet, even if you have the time to go and look for it. So to have exactly. a place where you can find all of that information, plus you can learn from people who have already done it, that kind of sounds pretty amazing. So can you tell us a little bit more about how it works is it I'm guessing it's sort of an online digital service especially at the moment (laughs) yes so um it's funny because back when I started I launched the first ever cohort of entrepreneurs for Factory 45 in um, 2014 and so at that time there was not the boom in like online programs and online courses that there is now there's you know an online course for everything Um, and so it was kind of really cool to be one of the first programs in that space and especially with sustainable fashion because that as well was sort of a new and up and coming industry. Um, So yes, there is the online component. Um, Every entrepreneur has a login. They go into the I, what I call the Factory 45 portal. And then each week, new content is released. So I'm, I drip out the content over the course of four months. And then at the end of those four months, there are two implementation months where, again, you have the coaching, the consulting, the support from me, and then also from the alumni mentors. And the alumni mentors host um, two virtual co- co-working sessions every month. So you have bi-monthly co-working sessions with a small group and your mentor. And then we do live classes as well about once a month with experts in various parts of the industry. And then again, um, I'm available every day through office hours. So what do you believe is the biggest barrier of entry um, for a new ethical or sustainable brand when they're starting out? I think that always money is the barrier to entry for any business, um, especially when it comes to physical products. And so that is one of the things that I've been doing since 2014. You know, we've seen this with the pandemic, with COVID and the complete like overhaul of fashion as we know it. You know, you have H&Ms and all the fast fashion brands, they're all their retail stores shut down and, and they had all this standing inventory. And what we've been doing through Factory 45 for the past six years is pre-selling so that you don't have standing inventory. So you know that before you produce anything, you have customers to sell it to. And I think that not only you know, proves out the market need, the market validation, but it also solves the problem of these entrepreneurs who don't maybe don't have, you know, $20,000 in the bank to invest in a production run up front. And so that, that sort of method of pre-selling has really been an amazing avenue for people to get started because it does lower the barrier to entry when you don't have that type of money in the bank. Definitely. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the brands that have come up through your program? Yes. So um, hmm, who do I want to start with? So Veda is probably the brand that is most well known. Kara is the founder. She came through the program, I think, in 2015 and launched in 2016. And um, she creates or now they she has a bunch of employees and office in Boston. She's doing amazing. It's Uh, capsule collections of 
five pieces that can be worn, make up a month's worth of outfits, all sustainably made in the U.S. and, you know, sustainable fabrics, ethically made um, in New York. Uh, Another one is Poppy Rowe. She has done amazing things. Crystal is the founder. She's done amazing things for size inclusivity. So um, her size range is from, I believe, zero or two all the way up to 24, which is not often seen in the sustainable fashion industry. Do you want me to keep going? There's Anyone who's listening to can go to the alumni stories page on the Factory 45 website, and you can see like all the different brands who have come through the program. I also have an ethical um, fashion marketplace that features only brands that have launched through Factory 45, and that's called Market 45. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, we'll put some links in the show notes so that people can go and explore those. Why do you think, I mean, because obviously you've been going for six years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that this is such a needed service in the space? Oh, it's just so complicated. (laughs) Like creating a physical garment is, I, I say to people, one of the most complicated endeavors you can take on. But it's also one of the most rewarding because you can create a digital product, you can create an online program, you can create a software, but there is nothing that compares to holding something in your hands that you have created, designed, and sold. And I I think back to um, when I had my brand back in 2011 and I was standing in a line, a security line in the airport. And I was wearing the product that was called the Versalette. It was one garment that could be worn 30 different ways, and it was a a travel piece. And so I'm wearing it, and and a woman came up to me, and she said, is that the Versalette? And so just to say, just to have that experience, (laughs) and I've heard from so many of my entrepreneurs who have similar experiences like that is just, I think, a really, really cool part of creating a physical product. But again, back to your original question, it does it it does mean that, you know, it is difficult, it is complicated. And so it's very important to know that yes, like if you have all the time in the world and all the patience in the world, you can go and Google this stuff, you know, if you can find it. You you can watch YouTube videos, you can read blog posts, but there are services and you know, it doesn't even have to be my program. There are other courses out there that will help you. And I think that you know, recognizing that investment in education is so important to entrepreneurship um, will get you there faster, will get you there with way, you know, spending and wasting way less money and um, wasting less time. Going back to what you were saying about, you know, Googling all this stuff yourself, I think that the, the problem with that is something that we talk about quite a bit at the Vendeur, which is greenwashing. I think that there are so many brands out there who are giving a really inaccurate view of their company, how responsible they are, you know, how how concerned they are with the environment, et cetera, what they're paying their staff. Mm -hmm. That I think that for anyone who's just starting out or just starting out with a brand, it can probably be quite confusing as to what the actual standards are. Would you agree? Yes. I think that's a very good point to bring up. And actually, one of the first things I say in the beginning of Factory 45 is there's no such thing as perfectly sustainable. Anything new you're creating has an impact. And so 
what our goal is, is to, it's progress over perfection and knowing that each step we can make and and creating a business model, a foundation of sustainability and ethics from the beginning is most important than getting everything perfect the first time. But the caveat of that is communicating that. You have to be upfront with your customers and you can say, you know, right now we would love to have a, you know, a 100% recycled um, zipper, whatever it is. But that doesn't exist right now and we are actively looking for it. So for right now, we have to use conventional zippers, but know that we are actively making these steps to better every single part of our supply chain. So little things like that, again, to combat greenwashing so that there is more education, more truth, more honesty out there, because I think it can give the industry as a whole a, a bad rep when we're all just saying, oh, yeah, we're perfectly sustainable and everything we do is completely environmentally friendly. It's just not the case. Yeah, absolutely. I think that can be a big mistake that some people make. Similarly, you know, when we look at brands like H&M, who made a big deal of the fact that they were found to be the most transparent fashion brand, I think in the world or something, I can't remember the exact details. (laughs) But, you know, when you start to unpick what that actually means, it doesn't necessarily translate to them being sustainable or circular or responsible or fair trade. Right. You know, a lot of these different points that are so they're so important when you are building a fair fashion brand and it can just become really confusing when you're hearing this from a brand I mean do you do you go as far as marketing and communication with with your brands to talk them through how they actually communicate what they're doing we do. That's something we talk a lot about actually during office hours individually with people because everyone's supply chain is different. So that's something I think that comes up quite a bit is, you know, Shannon, I found the perfect lining for this travel accessories bag I want to make, but it isn't perfectly sustainable. My exterior shell, you know, my exterior fabric is 100% recycled, but my lining isn't. What do I say? Am I still sustainable? Like, what does this mean? How do I communicate that? And my answer is, you know, 99% of the t- or 100% of the time probably is just tell them. Like, just tell your customers straight up what you're using, why you're using it. And again, like, if it's not good enough for you right now, but it's necessary for the design, functionality, use of the product to make the best product you possibly can, then that's that's what you need to do because it it if you have a product that is 100% perfectly sustainable but it falls apart in the wash or the fit isn't there or buttons are falling off and and your customer can't wear it then that's not really sustainable because it's going to end up in a landfill so yeah, i think it's cool. just it's very complicated and again it's just about like having that honesty and that transparency in your marketing communication mm yeah, no, I agree. I think giving your customers the power to make their own choices is so important because when you don't give them certain pieces of information or you make certain pieces of information really difficult for them to find, you then risk alienating people because people don't like to think they've been lied to. 
Yes. Yeah. And back to your point about H&M, like I remember, I don't even know when it was, but a few, several years ago when they launched their first conscious collection and they were like praising, you know, themselves as being so sustainable and it's all organic cotton. And I think Mark Bain of Quartz made the point that a landfill of organic cotton is still a landfill of organic cotton. You know, like the the rate and the pace of fast fashion is not sustainable in itself. So even if you're you're heralding this collection of organic cotton, that's still just too much clothing that is being pushed through the fast fashion system. And so that's just like another example of, you know, sustainability in fashion is complicated. And so again, just being upfront and transparent and honest with your customer, again, doesn't alienate them like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to go back to what you were saying about a landfill full of organic cotton. I'm going to ask you the difficult question, the question that I ask so many people and it's it's really difficult to answer. But do you think we need more fashion? Do we need more fashion brands? Yeah, it's a good question. I think we need more fashion brands doing the right things. And that is right now, you know, we can get so like insular in our little sustainable fashion bubble that we think there are just so many sustainable fashion brands. But the truth is, in the grand grand scheme of things, there it's still very niche. And what we need is sustainable, sustainable and ethical fashion brands launching to communicate the education to the customer because that's still what needs to happen and is still not really happening is that the average person you know, they've heard sustainable fashion. They know about it kind of. They maybe have gone to a thrift store before, but they really don't know it to the extent of how important it is to the environment and to the people on this planet making our clothing. And so- Well, they know it. Sorry to interrupt you. I I think that they know it because of brands like H&M or Zara with their Choose Life range. That's probably where they're getting their information from because these are the brands that have the biggest marketing budgets you know they have the they have the loudest voice in the space and while i do applaud that they are you know they're bringing attention to the issue and they're making positive changes in their supply chain they don't want to stop making yeah they don't want to reduce the volume yes yes which is not sustainable fashion if you can't reduce the volume and the amount of waste and turnover and standing inventory then that's not sustainable so yeah, I, I I also think that you guys, you in the in the EU and you're in England and all like the other side of the world, the other side of the pond, is farther ahead than we are in the United States. Um, in so terms, I think the opposite. That's really so funny that you I know. That. Yeah. I know people. People. Um, I think there is like this battle in the sustainable fashion world of like who is more knowledgeable or like aware as the general consumer. Um, So we could fight that out another time. But I do just think that there is this, like, it's almost like people, maybe to your point, like people know, but they just don't care enough yet. I don't know. I don't know what it is. No, I think you could be right because, you know, obviously I'm constantly bending people's ears about about yes. all of this. Um, and I just have to be really careful what I say because I do honestly think that people will come to it when they're ready to come to it. However, on the flip side of that, we when we celebrate Earth Overshoot Day and we 
see in very, very practical terms how we are missing our targets. You know, the world is still warming up. There is still too much plastic. There is still too much uh, fashion going to landfill. And there are still a lot of people, especially off the back of lockdowns as a result of coronavirus, there are still a lot of people being manipulated and exploited and not being paid a fair wage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're absolutely right that sometimes we're in our little bubble and I have to be so careful that I try to look beyond my echo chamber. And, you know, I completely understand that people necessarily can't afford to purchase from more sustainable brands. But like you were saying, you know, maybe you've been to a thrift store. Maybe you have a hand-me-down from your mum. Yeah. That is already a million times better than going to H&M and buying another organic cotton t-shirt that you don't need. Exactly. Yeah. As if anyone I, wants to know a bit more about organic cotton, we talk about it in, in um, oh, I can't remember which episode, but I'll link to it in the show notes because, you know, cotton is still an incredibly thirsty crop that's causing damage. Yeah. I don't know what my point is at the end of all of that. I think I just went on a bit of a rant. But, no, um. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I and, and like just going back to, you know, I always say for the kind of like the pushback on, well, sustainable fashion is so expensive. Okay, fair enough. It's definitely more expensive than a $5 t-shirt at H&M. But the yeah. way I got into sustainable fashion, you know, back when I was like an entrepreneur just trying to start my brand and didn't have, I was bartending on the side, like I didn't have any money and I would go to thrift stores. And that was my introduction. You know, I, I just made the first commitment. I'm not going to buy any new clothing. I can't afford the indie sustainable ethical brands right now, but I'll go into a Buffalo exchange or I'll go into, you know, buy on thread up. I don't even think it existed back then, but now there are so many like secondhand Poshmark thread up, like all on line. Um, and so I would just tell people start there because it is affordable and you can feel so good. That is truly the closest we will get to perfectly sustainable is buying something used, something secondhand. Or just shopping your wardrobe as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that is number one. Yeah. I just think that there are so many people out there who are so afraid to be seen in an outfit twice. Yes. You know, we really need to get past that. The celebrities sort of to blame for that. Although I will say it's like some of them are making more conscious efforts to show like it's okay if I'm, you know, photographed wearing this twice. And I think, you know, that again feeds into like all these consumers watching these famous people and their behaviors. It's, a, it's all very complicated. <laughs> it's so complicated and we've gone – quite a bit off topic but you know what <laughs> I really well I really wanted to speak to you about these things because I think that it is it is such an important question to ask yourself if you're starting a, a new brand you know you have to be very very honest with why you're doing it yes and what you are contributing because there are a lot of brands out there that are contributing an incredible amount to the conversation we couldn't do it without them. But there are also a lot of brands out there that are just pushing tat that will, yeah. you know, and I'm not just talking about fashion. I'm just, I'm talking about just in general things that can be bought that we don't need. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'll just add one little thing to that. You know, one of the things we kind of, I pride myself on with Factory 45 is our emphasis on solving a problem. So it's exactly. not just creating another t-shirt company. It's, okay, how can I create something that solves a problem for a specific 
type of audience or customer. And I think that's just another thing. Anyone who's listening, who's thinking about launching their own brand, that's another important thing. Where do you, where do you stand in the market and how can you solve a problem? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really nice place to end the conversation. Thank you so much, Shannon. You've answered loads of my incredibly probing questions. No, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks so much, Lucy. I absolutely love conversing with people about sustainable practices and Shannon was an excellent guest. I think she's the perfect sum up to a really wonderful season of podcasts. If you've missed any, there are 22 previous episodes over the past two seasons to get caught up on. I love too many of them to choose just one favourite, but I'd love to know which one yours was. If you want to get in touch, you can do via our website or our DMs on Instagram. We are at Vonder Fashion, which is B-E-N-D-E-U-R Fashion. We'll be back next year with more sustainable fashion myth-busting. But in the meantime, you can get your fix over on our website, thevonder.co.uk. T-H-E-V-E-N-D-E-U-R. Where we cover sustainable fashion, clean beauty and conscious lifestyles. If you're a sustainable brand owner or budding entrepreneur listening to this, then we have a community just for you. The Societe is a group of like-minded founders and businesses who are gathering together to learn and grow their ethical brands. To find out more, head to the link in the show notes or drop us a message. We'd love to hear from you.